you're listening to Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. Constructed gameplay, community news, and lore. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to another great episode of QGMTG Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. You can find us on our website, questgamingnetwork.com, and of course on Twitter at QGMTG. I am your host, Ivarwin, your standard white mage. And uh, I, of course, am joined by some two wonderful and lovely gentlemen, not the least of which. The one, the only, the lore man himself, Mithril. How's it going, Mithril? I, I am indeed another uh, white mage, but uh, this does not uh, really infringe on our identities whatsoever. <laughs> so, right, like two seconds before the show, um, uh, Mithril is uh, not only is he not only is he uh, an, an expert white mage and of course my my mentor here in magic the gathering but he's also an expert ball buster <laughs> as he has successfully not once but twice uh, uh like i i guess like you know throw me threw me off my pace as i'm trying to like you know start the um the lead in for the intro and uh, so I'm still like, you know, chuckling and laughing at that. And the, the, the chat room absolutely thought that was hilarious. Neonamont in the chat room's like, it's not often a Varwin takes a holy shit. <laughs> you know, you gotta get, you gotta get it with the punctuality, you know. Or, you know, <laughs> say you're gonna do something, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the watch. Yeah. You know? Cybear's like, I love how we're waiting for that intro. <laughs> airtime, airtime, airtime. Airtime, brother. Um, <laughs> No, it was really it was it was funny. That was really good. Um, okay, so uh, uh, we want to uh, put your put your hands together, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We want to welcome formally to the show our brand new our brand new host. He's going to show us uh, lots of different uh, deck building strategies today, but going forward, um, lots of uh, lots of tactics as well, and, and other kinds of of strategies for Magic: The Gathering. Rogue, rogue to form. What's up? Hi, everyone. I am the black planeswalker of the group, even though I'm from the white from hills of Nor. From from, and, from uh, Norway, you're. Well, it's yeah. dark up there. Not not oh, a whole yeah. lot of uh, sunlight. Well, north north part of Norway, it's very. You you get lucky if you get two hours of sun sometimes. Oh no, it's like Mark's Canada. It's always gonna be like boreal, frost, darkness. Uh, it doesn't matter how far south you live. Yeah. yeah. Wow, really? Two hours of really? Yeah, that's uh, when I used to be in the north part of Norway. But here it's like you get like maybe six hours of sun and then you go dark. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what we are. We're, we we always stream. Uh, we stream our episodes uh, live on Twitch, so we are live in in front of a uh, an audience. And uh, our audience right now, we just want to call out um, Ishabu. All right, Cybear, yeah. Habit, Nianamat, and uh, the Monkey Legacy. We want to thank you guys for joining us, as well as our awesome Patreon sponsors at Quest Gaming Network. Thank you so much. 
And um, we've got a couple of other sponsors we're gonna we're gonna throw in there in the mix. Um, we've got a great show for you ahead tonight, folks. Uh, first up is we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be chatting a little bit about what we've been doing in game uh, since our last recording, which um, I do apologize. It's it's been uh, it's been a week or so since we've been able to record, but um, my job being what it is, it was it was sort of tough to get together on the mic. Um, we're also gonna be uh, opening up a a. Um, a uh, booster pack, a live booster pack from uh, Ixalan. Then we're going to head over to um, uh, Mithralesque, who's going to give us some lore on Sarpedian Empires. And uh, also, after that, over to Rogue for some uh, first-time deck-building strategies. So uh, we've got a lot for, for everyone to enjoy here. First half of the show is going to be dedicated to uh, to some lore and some some gameplay and the second half is going to be dedicated to a little more gameplay and of course um how to how to build your first magic the gathering deck very very exciting for for constructed this is your constructed magic the gathering podcast here at quest gaming network um first let's jump right into it ladies and gentlemen Gameplay. Uh, let's start with Rogue since he's uh, he's brand new to the show. What have you been uh, What have you been doing in in game lately, man? Actually, I've been uh, looking around for different types of uh, new cards that are either coming out or even cards I've had myself looking through my phone because I have an app which I actually add all my well expensive cards and uh, in my collection looking through and thinking of new kind of uh, combos I can do. Okay. Uh, yeah. Alright, so so you're kind of just going over some uh, some new combos. Yeah. Sweet, man. Sweet. I've been officially channel, channel, challenged to play at the library in the next year. From a friend. Uh, so so wait, an official challenge from the from the library with? Are you... No, no, a, a friend of mine and a lot, me and some friends just officially challenge each other on Facebook or my private messages that I challenge you to try out my new deck. Oh! So they want to try their new decks, and we kind of meet up at the library and play or at someone's home. Oh, really? Yeah. That sounds very old school, like back in school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of like um, you remember uh, you remember how you used to be able to play D and D over over email. Kind of like that a little bit. Um, that sounds clunky as hell. It is clunky as hell, but but man, it's fun. Never tried that. It's uh, well, it's it's old old school crap, you know. Like anyway, I'll, I don't want to get mixed up in that, but <laughs> um, that's cool, man. Uh, what is there a specific deck that someone challenged you to 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 play? No, they um, they make their own decks, and um, we uh, kind of uh, when we, we take what deck that we own that we either want to try out, test, or even try to beat other people with, then we send out the usual challenges to each other and says that um, we can actually meet up somewhere. We green a time uh, in a place. And we just uh, bring our own decks and try them out. See the new combos, see the new cards, see if we can beat the other decks, see if we can have one deck that beats everything else. And it's, it's pretty cool. We have casual, we have uh, 
most some of them mostly play casual, and some play commander a lot. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's real cool. Well, good luck with it. When uh, when do you think you're going to go down for your your first challenge? I don't know. We haven't said the time, or no, it's still the place, but not the time. And I'm thinking of making a new deck. I'm trying to bake a blue black zombie deck. Okay. All right. Um. So let me ask you this, okay? Um. Since this is basically, I mean, it's not it's not the first time you're on the show. You were on last episode, but um. Yep. Uh, let me ask you this, okay? Let's let's do a little a little get to know Rogue since he since he is going to be our 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 magic stri- uh, strategist. Um, on the show, uh, I think I asked this. I know your favorite color is black. Um, what's your, what's your favorite, what's your favorite set to to draft? To, oh, not to draft from, but to set. to construct from. Like what cut? Co- what sets do you like to construct from? That's a hard question, actually, because there's a lot of good ones, but I have to be a bit biased and say that. The first set that I actually, I didn't understand it in, at first, but I, when I started looking at it, when everyone else was moving on to the next sets, I kind of liked the Back to Innistrad and Gate, cra- and Gate Crash and those kind of things, like the Back to Ravnica, because the, the, the Ten Guilds, it had perfect show and tell of what the different type of colors could do dual colors doing their best showing off mm. and just being awesome and that's the set i love ravnica back to ravnica dragon's maze gate crash every every all of those are golden in my book sweet all right very yeah. cool uh, my the, my my first set is is a very is a fairly recent one. Um, Shadows over Innistrad, and then of course Eldritch Moon after that. And mm. the the other sets that have come out since um, I've I've enjoyed very much, with the exception of uh, Amonkhet, uh, not Amonkhet, um, Kaladesh and, and uh, Aether Revolt. Easy rules. But uh, Shadows over Innistrad and, and Eldritch Moon still occupies a special place in my heart, uh, despite the fact enjoying Amonkhet very much. And um, mm. and uh, hour of devastation. Um, all right, let me sh- let me jump over to uh, to Mithril on this. And and by the way, welcome Sean Steer in in our chat rooms. Nice seeing you, Sean. Sean, uh, it's good. <laughs> it's good having you. Um, Mithril, what have you been doing in game? I've been looking into Penny Dreadful, which is the uh, MTGO format. It's incredibly budget format meant to be played on Magic Online, and when you're done building and buying your deck, it's uh, under the freeform format and hop into the Just for Fun uh, library lobby. It's every, everything that's in that format is a penny. And also, uh, if anybody gets real strong in that format with a certain card, it'll just go, naturally go up in in price and it's banned from the format. So you have that's to hilarious. play like a cheap miser. <laughs> Penny dreadful. <laughs> I'm going to post the link in the chat because I'm looking at the page right now. Yeah, please do. And uh, I was recommending that to Mark. Uh, if you ever start MTGO, I recommend recommended him getting into Penny Dreadful. How? How? I mean, I know you can get into Penny Dreadful, obviously on the cheap. However, is it something that you can do as like a first time Magic player? Yeah, because you can pretty much get a massive. Uh, on Magic the uh, online collection on the on the fly, 
Yeah. And a lot of the cards, you know, I mean, you can play whatever you want as long as it's within the criteria of that list. Yeah. It's just got every card that you, you slot in has to be, like, worth a penny. Yeah. Okay. Um, and for, there's a list that's constantly updated on the site. For podcast listeners, that link that he that um, uh, Mithra put into the chat room is pdmtgo.com. Penny Dreadful Magic the Gathering Online.com. PDMTGO.com if you want to check that out. Um, did you make a Penny Dreadful deck? I'm, I'm, uh, right now, I am moving forward with the idea of making, uh, getting some of the best, best decks in that format according to that site and then replicating them and then posting them to you and me so we can like fight each other with them. Oh, that sounds, yeah, dude. I, I Just so you guys know, Mithril makes really awesome. Um, he makes really good decks, and I've and by really good, I mean like you know you're not. I'm not saying like you're you know if you draft this deck, you're gonna you know top eight or at a GP Pro Tour. What I'm saying is is I enjoy playing these decks. They're a lot of fun, and um, and we always have a good time just kind of throwing the cards down on Magic, Magic the Gathering online with with the decks that he's made and. Um, they're always they're always a lot of fun, and he's made quite a few. So, so Mithril, you're you're gonna throw a deck together. I I'm I would love it if you shared it with me because I I love playing the decks that you make. You're well, really these good. won't be mine. Uh, these will be like top eight um, Penny Dreadful decks, and I really wanted to get a feel for them. Um, Nyanamot in the chat room is saying, uh, you didn't say in the intro where they can watch the gameplay might be good for a card game. Just saying, I don't want to be negative in any way. Sorry for my, you know, you're not annoying Nyanamot. Um, so, so you can, I mean, you could watch the gameplay happen right here, uh, on, on the stream. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit about it. Um, you'll see, like, as we kind of get through the show, uh, you'll see kind of how, how things are structured, but we're going to get into some game, gameplay in a little bit, um, right here on the stream. All right, Mithril, anything else? I've also been playing a lot of Legends, which is kind of like a, a side caveat that's also a card game. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's, that's Elder Scrolls related. And, right. Um, okay, so so what I what I've been doing is um, I have been venturing into my my very first white blue creature control deck, Ooh. and I, I've <laughs> I've got this uh, I've got this deck put together now. Mithra, you 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 help me um, put the put the deck together. Yeah, with 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 the, what you had available to you against the format that's already like you know formed and stabilized with its top eight stuff you know you yeah. know you're, you're playing a deck that's no one else is playing so you do have somewhat of an advantage there absolutely now this is a modern deck so this is taking in you know m magic 2010 cards it's taking in Amonkhet cards and um you know, I, I think i even see like um um Cards from uh, Gatewatch is in here as well. I don't see Innistrad as well. Innistrad, Eldritch Moon, absolutely. So um, this is so so this so I've put this together and I've played it a couple of times. Um, I've lost every single time I've played it for either not pulling the right card or 
you know, just getting like unlucky or the deck that I was I was dueling against was just like a, a far superior uh, deck to this and I, it, it couldn't compete. Um, so what I want to do is I want to give this deck, you know, 10, 10 tries and then kind of figure out like what needs to get changed if if anything. Um, yeah, you're probably going to have to buy some of the, uh, the, the big cards in the format if you want to compete in modern. It's yeah. just the way it is. Um, just so you know, like what's what's going on here with this deck, because I, I do want to, you know, just briefly sort of like show it off because um, I am proud of it, but I, I do know it needs it probably does need some work. Um, I've got three three copies of cancel. Um, was it four copies of, of catalog in here? Uh, two copies of negate, three copies of dispel. Um, I've got a copy of Gisela the Broken Blade. Uh, let's see. Ominous Sphinx. I got two copies of that. I have a uh, Gideon Martial Paragon Planeswalker card in here. Uh, Sunblast Angel Planner Cleansing. A uh, copy of Collective Effort. Three copies of Bishop's Soldier. Two of Slip Through Space. And three of Kite Sail Scout. And 24 lands. Um, divided somewhat evenly between uh between uh plains and and islands um i do um, among the lands i do have uh such such white blue lands like meandering river um i have a, a skyline i have three copies of skyline cascade in here um sajiri refuge that's a that's a white blue so a little land a, a little a little color correction in there sandstone bridge yeah, uh, I had fun uh, helping you tweak that. I, I know, even though you know, we both have the knowledge that this is probably not going to cut it in the in the meta, quote unquote. Yeah. But you know, um, it, it is a deck that does work, and and from a casual perspective, I think it's uh, fairly decent. Yeah, I, I've uh, oh yeah. Also, I've got two copies of um, Inspiring Captain, a copy of Day of Judgment. So so there's there's a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of there, there's creatures here for almost every step, and also massive, massive like spell negation bounce spells that uh, on every step too. So, I, I really am interested to see how this um, how this deck runs when it does run. I don't feel as if I think the three or four times I've played with it on Magic: The Gathering Online, I don't think I've gotten a good. A good representation of what what it should be, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of te extensive testing is what's going to prove what what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, so stay tuned, folks. Okay, on my uh, my white blue creature control deck um, in in modern. We'll see how it turns out, and I'll, I'll let you know you know how things. And, and of course, I'm open to you know you could tweet us at QGMTG. Okay, I'm open to uh, whatever whatever ideas that you have and i do have a sideboard but for for time purposes i'm i'm not really talking about that a whole heck of a lot just but but there is a sideboard there all right um how about how about we uh we jump into our uh our live booster pack what do you think i desire the cardboard what's that what'd you say mithril Oh, uh, I desire the cardboard. You desire the cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> is um, 
Is uh, is there someone playing with their microphone? Just just be careful with the microphone if anyone's like you know adjusting it. What, yeah. Was it was it me or uh, I don't know. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Ireland. I wasn't doing anything. Great. Okay, um, maybe it was me. Maybe it was Evarwin, and he just heard his own audio. <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's do the uh, the live booster pack from Ixalan. All right, here we are. Um, let's start with our uh, our rare. Okay, Blood Craze Paladin for one and a black. It's a one-one creature vampire with flash. Also, Blood Cra- Blood Crazed Paladin enters the battlefield with a one-one counter on it for each creature that died this turn. Jeezy Varwin, you're looking really weird in that card. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't cut my hair in a long time here. <laughs> I mean, this is like before Ivarum became a holy knight. He had to like get his vampirism cured from the uh, from the Roxy Inn. Yeah, that's a deep cut for you guys that listen to Q did to the Elder Scrolls podcast. That that is that's a very deep cut right there. Call back to uh, my my uh, Oblivion gameplay. Jeez. Well, he's good. I'm just got. I, I got. We gotta keep rolling. He's good. He's flash. He gets bigger for each thing he bites. He's good. I like it. Sorry. I like it, Mithril. You're just like <laughs> we got to keep rolling. I like that. That's good. Good. I, I like it. You're doing good, man. You're doing good. Um, all right, Rogue. This one's yours. Okay, Marauding Looter. It's a four-three creature human pirate for two, one blue and one red with raid. Raid means at the beginning of your end step, if you attack with a creature this turn, you may draw a card. If you do. Discard a card. Go ahead, Rogue. It is a good card, I believe, because it has the power that can't out with anything. Uh, what was the power again? I can't see. It's four mana? Yeah, it's a four three. There's yeah. a four power. Actually, it's a good one, I believe, because the, um, the cost of it is not higher than the, uh, the attack or health, and it has an ability, so yeah. I would play this. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to toss the ball, the speaking stick, over to uh, to Mithril on this next mm-hmm. one, which is Raging Sawtooth. <laughs> He's a oh, five- that's my boy right there. <laughs> He's a 5-5 five, five creature dinosaur for three, one red, and one green with trample. And when Raging Swordtooth enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each other mm-hmm. creature. Yeah, when I say boy, it's spelled B-O-I for this card, because <laughs> this thing is awesome. The he doesn't boy. have, like, haste, like, Raging Monster Store, but, like, he, like, he just smashes everyone for one damage. He's trampled. He's cheap. He does everything he needs to do for his cost. Next card. All right. Our um, last uncommon Okay, Raider's Wake for three and a black. It's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent discards a card, that player may lose two life. And it has Raid. Mm. It has a good card, actually. If you're playing a bit maniacal, if I may say that. It is... I would play this because I kind of love enchantments that actually have fun with the opponent. And... 
is just you can put this in a curse deck, which is a deck almost based on enchantments and curses and uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, I love these kind of cards. Nice. All right. Uh, Let's start moving into the common realm here. We've got Crushing Canopy for two and a green. It's an instant. Tells you, hey, choose one. Destroy target creature with flying or destroy target enchantment. This is a sideboard card. Uh, You want to keep it to the side. When someone starts abusing these kind of things on you, like flying and enchantments, you're going to want to bust this thing out on round two. Otherwise, it's usually not a good idea to main that deck this, especially in this Ixalan format. Yeah. I like uh, I like the opinions that we're getting here in the chat room. Neonimot saying this is too expensive. I like these opinions. Keep those opinions flying, chat room. Keep them flying. And also, uh, listeners, okay, if you've got opinions on these cards, you go ahead and tweet us at QGMTG. All right, next one. Desperate castaways for one and a black. It's a 2-3. Creature, human, pirate. Desperate castaways can't attack unless you control an artifact. It's it's an interesting card. It depends how much actually you want to use the pirates if you have the commander or just if you have something that boosts up humans or pirates. It's a very good card. But uh, unless you control an artifact, it's a wall. It's a defending wall. You cannot do anything special. Right. Okay. Uh, Pirates make treasure, by the way. Let's make note of that in this set. So you will yeah. be getting artifacts most of the time. Yeah. That's that's a that's a very important note, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kinjali's caller. We've we've seen her before. She's uh she's a a zero three creature human cleric for one white dinosaur spells. You cast cost one less to cast. Well, if we're trying to ramp dinosaurs, especially the big T-Rex that was floating around on, tw- uh, on uh, Twitter that Mark was uh, showing, this is one of those cards you're going to need to get Sun's Avatar out and other dudes like him Oh yeah, onto the battlefield early and your opponent will be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you want this. All right. Speaking of walls, our next one, Looming Altasaur is a three and a white creature dinosaur and it's a one seven creature. That's basically about it. Um, not much can be said about it, so we're going to move on. Yeah. To Queen's Bay Soldier, a creature vampire for one and a black, and it's a 2-2. Basically, standard creature. Not much can be said about it. It's 2-2 for one and a black. Uh, all right, here's our next one. <clears throat> um, Rogue. Yeah. All right, Sailor of Means for two and a blue. It's a creature, human pirate. It's a 1-4 creature, human pirate. Uh, when Sailor of Means, not to be not to be, uh, not to to be be mixed up with Sailor Moon, enters the battlefield, <laughs> create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap. Sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana for any color to your mana pool. Uh, I kind of like this card. Not because it's pirate human and it's partially my color, but it's um, it has a good cost, I believe, for it. It's maybe a bit expensive for some people, but then again, 1-4 is basically a uh, defending creature, and it actually makes a treasure that can be used as mana. So, yeah, I like this one. All right. Storm Sculptor, 3 and a blue. It's a 3-2 creature merfolk wizard. 
Storm Sculptor can't be blocked. When it enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Mithril. No homo, but this one's my boy, too. (laughs) 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 Okay, terrific. (laughs) Okay, so so he can't be blocked. Uh, Return it. I mean, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of plus. There's a lot of upside on this. How do we like the cost versus power defense thing? It, uh, he passes the vanilla test because he has like all the abilities, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. Yeah. Um. So big, big thumbs up on Mithril from from that one. Let's go to Sun Crowned Hunters for four and two red. He's a five four creature dinosaur with enrage. Whenever this card is dealt damage, it deals three damage to a target opponent. My goodness, Rogue. It's a high cost for a 5-4, but it has in range. And if it gets through, which I have many ways of doing, I can actually get this one to get damage to opponent without problem. Mm. So I would like to play this in one of my decks. Okay. Uh, We've got two more coming at you. All right. Our second to last one, by the way, we want to say uh, a shout out to Nevik764 in our chat room. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Uh, our next, our second to last one is Swashbuckling. One in a red. Enchantment Aura. You enchant a creature and it gets a 2-2 and has haste. Not a constructed card. (laughs) If you want a creature with haste, get a creature with haste. Don't, don't use this enchantment. What about that 2-2 though? It's okay. It's just that. You're 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 paying in too much for something. I, I just feel like it's like that equipment that gives a creature flying but no other abilities. Yeah. It, um, you know, you, you just get yourself a, a, a haste creature. <laughs> okay. All right. Our last one is gonna go to Rogue. It's territorial hammer skull for two and a white. It's a creature. Di- it's a two-three creature dinosaur. Whenever it attacks, tap target creature. An opponent controls. This actually is a very good for control decks because whenever it attacks, it you can you, know, you can stop your uh, one creature from your enemy side to defend. And it's a big, it's a good fun thing if you have first strike, double strike, or even it's a more powerful creature than your opponent has. The monocles is actually pretty good on this one. All right. Hey, Nevik764 has given us a compliment in the chat room, guys. He says, uh, thanks, I like the show. It's great, since I haven't played Magic for Magic the Gathering for a while. Oh. Thanks, uh, thanks there, Nevik. All right, that was our live booster pack, and uh, let's, let's give the floor to Mithril for a little lore in Sarpedian Empires. All right, let's get into this. Sarpedia is a remote continent in Dominaria's southern hemisphere and was ravaged by warfare during the period between the Brothers' War and the Ice Age. Remember the Brothers' War? We covered this before. Oh, yeah. yeah Climate change so. is coming down on, uh, on the southern continent. All right. Sarpedia is isolated from the other landmasses and much is unknown about its denizens and history. What is known is that the five major cultures around 170 years after the brothers were born were destroyed by invading forces and internal strife. 
Most races were entirely wiped out and others escaped to other parts of the world, leaving creatures known as the Thralls with dominion over the entire continent. Most of Sarpedia's history is told throughout the Fallen Empire's expansion. Yvarwin, thoughts? Um, I'm just sort of absorbing at the moment. Um, I don't have a whole heck of a lot of thoughts. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited about the fact that we're just sort of continuing the story here from, you know, um, what happened last episode, okay, uh, with Dominaria. And now here we are at the Sarpedian Empire. And I'm sort of wondering, like, you know, okay, so, like, all these, like, freakazoids start coming out because, you know, this this place was torn apart. Uh, so yeah. So I find that interesting. Um, but I'm honestly, I'm waiting for my boy Urza to pop up. You're going to have to wait a while <laughs> for him. Okay. You have to wait, like, I don't know, seven sets. <laughs> All right. Okay. It, it, yeah, it's like that. Oh, um, I'm going to post you the link so you can start looking at the cards uh, in that set. Yeah. For, for people to look at. You know what? Um, if you could do me a favor, just put that in the chat room. Um, that's going to be easier for me to grab at the moment. Really? Okay. Yeah, please. Sorry for the wait, folks. Nah, it's all good, man. We're uh, we're looking at uh, this artifact card, Sarpedian Empires Volume um, Volume 7. It's a three uh, generic uh, colorless mana card. It's an artifact. Um, when it comes into play... Choose white citizen, blue camarid, black thrull, red goblin, or green sapling. Uh, pay three and tap, put a 1-1 one, one creature token of the chosen color and type into play. Not sure how this relates to what you were just saying. Well, those are all the main ra- some of the main races from this set. Uh, the things are going on. Uh, actually, those are all the Usurper races in that set. All the original races were destroyed by those five tribes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, rolling forward, um, visually for for Twitch, what do you want me to start showing? You want me to show the the links that, that the link that you just sent me? Yeah, and just kind of you know peruse through there, and you know. Uh... You know, uh, kind of like, you know, lock on to things as I'm talking, the things that you think are visually stimulated. Will do. Will do. Okay. Before the Empires. Long before the time of the Brothers, Sarpedia was ruled by the Chakota Empire, which used its subject peoples to feed an unending need for sapient sacrifices. The last of their war priests called unpronounceable because it's like N-C-I-C-Z-L-I but it means inhuman <laughs> okay by the yeah by the early Sarpedians was summoned away by planeswalkers from time to time he came back telling of grand battles and saw and fought in when what the god um saw gosh he fought in these battles and uh and when the gods called him using the three tales of ins- Jesus. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> no, you're doing fine, man. Well, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous sometimes. No, okay. no, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Yeah. Um, okay, well, this sentence, I'll decode it for you guys. Uh, he was called uh, by planeswalkers to these random battles. Like He didn't even know where he was, but he would fight and win in these things. And he would come back to his people and tell the... Uh, tell, Tell the Sarpedians about that. 
and he was regarded as a major figure before these events that we're about to talk about. Has really not much to do about with the storyline beyond that, though. So this kind of um, race and their sapient sacrificing culture did fall out of um, power eventually. And um, the the uh, progenitors of the Sarpedian empires uh, took hold after which. All right, climate change. This is what we're going to talk about Urza and go and talk about what happened in the Brothers War a little bit. Okay. After Urza activated the Golgothian Silex, the climate of the entire world rapidly cooled. As a result, crops failed and many lands became uninhabitable. All right. Okay, hold on. Yeah, sorry, folks. Um, Okay. So so here's the thing. Um, I know we just had a, a very jarring jump. Okay. Um, fact is, is that, uh, we had a, uh, a, a small technical issue with our, our software. Um, okay. So we're going to, we're going to jump back into it. I, uh, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for that. Go ahead, Mithril. All right. So we were talking about, you know, this, this whole place, Sarp- uh, the Sarpedian continent, you know, uh, it was thriving, but then because of the climate change. Uh, of what happened with Urza activating the Silex that blew everything up like far more northern into Dominaria. It resulted in climate change there. Their food stocks are iron, their wood. All of that uh, became short supply and, uh, and, and these empires between the dwarves, the men, the merfolk, uh, the elves started to fall apart as these resources dwindled. So while this resource shortage primarily affected the empires on land, the merfolks uh, faced attrition from the Antarctic race of crustaceans called the homerids, literally crabs, lobsters that look like crabs and lobsters holding spears. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll, you'll probably find them if you go through there. <laughs> Where, uh, I'm, and, lo- I'm looking for the... Is there a card for that? Yeah, they're blue. Um, if, you, if you search through that card list... Um, You'll find these uh, lobsters holding um, weapons and looking all uh, territorial and wearing shaman hats sometimes. Okay, I, I don't, I don't see anything like that. It might be further into the set where you have to like hit the link to go to the next page, but they're there. The the, the blue cards uh, have to do with the merfolk and the homerids. Okay. Anyways, uh, they began to encroach on their tour to, on the Merfolk territory from the southern, um, the southern Antarctic lands as the waters cooled, trying to gain the Merfolk territory. Mm-hmm. All right, the fall of the empires. Sarpedia was the setting of the fallen empire's expansion. Of course, an isolated con. I already did this part. Okay, now we'll get into the races here. Okay, the people who lived here were the humans of, of Icadia, not Ikea. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Yeah, uh, uh, the Order of the Ebon Hand, which was black. Icadia was white. Uh, I had to mention that. I- Icadia is white. Ebon Hand is black. The Merfolk of Valadia, that's blue, and the Elves, green. The Dwarves are also uh, here. Um, they live in the Crimson Peaks, and they're red. All right, let's let's stop right there for a second, because right now I'm noticing that that this is a big difference from what we see right now with magic in in that 
certain colors are are absolutely allying themselves, or I should say, um, certain tribes or or certain factions are absolutely allying themselves with with certain colors. And and right. you know, I don't really feel like you see that a whole heck of a lot lately. Um, you know, certainly like when it comes to Eldrazi, you know, you're you're getting you know, it's basically a colorless. Um, uh, it's going to be a colorless card, but. And and you know ally creatures were were, were mostly white, right? Um, but it, it seems like nowadays, uh, with like the latest sets that are coming out, um, especially with Ixalan, just because you have a dinosaur in your hand doesn't mean it's going to be a green or you know it's going to be a green card. Like it might be, you know, a red creature card. Well. Back then, uh, this was 1994, and they didn't really figure out what the color pie is really all about. Yeah. Uh, not all the way. Uh, they had to kind of, like, fix that later on, but, like, they had to kind of, like, do their stuff based on what the primary colors were about. So that was that had a lot to do with what they wanted to do there. Uh, so, like, these factions just represented, you know, each color, which was fine uh, coming from a basic perspective, you know, to a player, because Exelon can get a little bit confusing on why the color pairings are what. This was pretty simple to look at, you know. These different uh, factions having their own colors. Yeah, it's it's I, I you know, I just it's just something I wanted to call out because it was a, a difference I had noticed. Oh yeah, another thing to note about this set, uh, a lot uh, it was kind of a marketing disaster because a lot of the cards. Uh, the commons had multiple different artworks for each of them. Oh. So, so uh, which is really cool. You probably see in the numbers uh, next to some of these that there's like three different versions from different artists. And the problem, even though this is really way cool, uh, from a marketing perspective, this is really bad because when someone would open a, uh, a pack, they would likely get a lot of different art styles from a, like from the commons and not even get a whole lot of uh, variety in that mm. because they're just like trying to, to mold through all these uh, copies of the same card. Dude, I got to tell you, I'm loving, I am loving the, uh, these old, these old cards, the image of these, these are great. I love yeah. these. Um, got, I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean to interrupt, but please go ahead. That's fine. Traditional lines of enemies and allies existed along the color lines, but the recent climate changes and increasing internal strife led to conflict and isolationist policies. The tome, titled Sarpedian Empires, chronicled the rise and fall of these empires, starting with the fall of the Dwarven Kingdom into a chaos uh, by a chaos-driven army of orcs and goblins. This was followed by the fall of the Ebon Hand at the hands of their own creations, the Thralls, and similarly, the Elves, by their Salad creations. So let me uh, let me um, elaborate on this. Okay. Okay, the, the Dwarves had a, a thriving kingdom, but under them was a, uh, a growing subset of Orcs and Goblins that were kind of like... Populating beyond the boundaries of their populace underground and started to uh, look for ways to gain new ground above ground. And uh, unfortunately, the dwarves were the victim of this uh, policy. 
Although these goblins and orcs are pretty much brainless morons, so I mean there there was no real uh, <laughs> no policy to that. It was right. just do it, you know. Okay. So the Ebon Hand, this was an order that was created by a dude that had somehow talked to a being called the Ab- Ebon Praetor that seems to be a lot like some sort of lost Frexian demon from the the Urza and Mitra time. Oh wow. Maybe maybe this being was uh, trapped on the plane when the plane cl- when the when portal closed. Well, the influence of this Ebon Praetor and this man named Turok created the Ebon Hand Empire. I really love how how this set is absolutely building on on the previous set, and it's still like a like a like a major departure as well. Yeah, it's like literally on the other side of the world. Like this is like this is like uh, Dominarian Australia. Uh, that's what Sarpedia is. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, so the Ebon see- Hand beca- uh, became proficient at a sac- making sacrifices and alchemical things um, through uh, mortal beings, and eventually learned how to create mortal beings out of stitched together remnants of other people they've slaughtered or things like that. They they would just create abominations out of these bats, and they were called the thralls. And uh, at first, they used them to sacrifice them for black mana, for the rituals, to you know keep the mana flowing on the black mana. But eventually, when they started to fall into war with the other countries, they used them as uh, an opportunity to create armor and weapons just by just slaughtering these creations and gaining their carapaces for their own means. But um, the guy that was making these, uh, Endric Sar. Master Breeder, he had a, a vision of making warriors and creating a kind of like a new empire with these thralls uh, um, outside of the leadership of the the uh, the Ebon Hand against their uh, against their whims. He started uh, experimenting, so he started making intelligent abominations that can help him with the rituals. Oh, I'm sure that went swimmingly. Uh, yeah, so when he made a, <laughs> a, a, a warrior thrall and it failed, uh, he was uh, sacrificed uh, uh, in a ritual to uh, to put aside his failure. But unfortunately, his uh, experiments did go very well, and the um, and the uh, Thalid wizards and warriors be- and assassins began to kill off the Ebon Hand uh, from within. Hmm. So that's what happened to Black. Okay. Uh, and uh, with the Merfolk, uh, as it was explained before, these crab people were showing up, lobster people with spears, and were competing for territory, and were also flooding uh, the outside areas of the land with uh, with um, floods. Uh, mainly Green had to deal with uh, had to, had a problem. This, where like these these uh, apparently these crabs had the ability to uh, influence lunar tides somehow through shamanistic rituals, so they were able to gain more land by flooding uh, land masses. Hmm. Um, just to answer a question in the chat room, this set uh, came out in 1994. Yes. 
Now, uh, the elves um, kind of were on the first and foremost on how to get their um, resources restocked, and they started creating plant life that could replicate itself without without much soil or anything. So, and, and, and it became its own sentient life, but they weren't aware of how sentient until it was too late because these things called the thalids were pretty much living plants. And they began to realize, hey, you know what? We don't want to be sacrificed for food anymore. Let's just make everyone else food. <laughs> so the trees revolted. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't have a voice, but they were pretty much pod people. So like <laughs> the elves bit it because okay. they made pod people. Gotcha. And um, wow, so there's a lot of, sh- I mean, there's a lot of shit going on after, after Urza and Mishra basically destroyed the environment with their wars. Like all of this is the fallout of that. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the like this is like is like pretty much the solid class with like a super massive asteroid hitting the planet. Yeah, the the environmental effects were pretty much the same as what you expect from that. So limited sunlight, you know, crops failing, and an incoming uh, more toward the north uh, ice age that 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 is rapidly uh, beginning to approach for these world for this mm. world and in the Sarpedia Empire is kind of being like space Australia. Uh, you know, they they didn't suffer the climate changes as much, but it was enough to set things in a really bad way for them. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't, like, completely, you know, uh, what what do you call it? Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, they weren't, like, completely, uh, like, taken out of the mix here with this, with this giant cataclysm. No, it was just kind of like an uh, incremental change that have happened here. Uh, The humans of Icadia, the uh, the white, they were the strongest in their ability to defend themselves against these issues. Uh, they had phalanxes, they had like a Roman Empire kind of, um, you know, strength and uh, policy and laws that kept them together through the thick and thin. But the problem was that their, uh, they, their religion that revolves around uh, the hand of justice, which is like an avatar of justice itself, it seems like a god, kind of like how the Ebon Praetor was kind of like a godlike being for the Ebon Hand, the, the Hand of Justice guided their way of doing things. Right. Well, a priest um, named uh, Oliver Farrell uh, became very, very kind of demented in his um, hatred for the Ebon Hand, and it uh, began to influence him, influence him to become like a bit of a witch hunter, a very extremist kind of a religious zealot and his his influences in the empire began to split it into two factions which is you know um the uh, order of leotber which is the original um policies and his policies which are the more extremist uh, policies and this began to um take apart the unity of icadia okay all right. Um, how, how much more do we have left? Uh, just a little bit. Uh, in the middle of this, um, there were two siblings, uh, Tevish, uh, uh, Tev, and his sister. Uh, they lived on this continent even before the uh, the Brothers' War. 
Uh-huh. And the reason why they're still alive is because Tevish, um, Tevish Zat became a planeswalker and he granted his sister eternal life. But see, um, they, they, they visit Dominaria before the Brothers' War and you know, all this stupid stuff that happens there really put a bad taste in his mouth and his, his hope for humanity began to lessen a great deal. He never really used his powers because he felt like interacting with humans and other people was just useless because he would just destroy each other anyway. This bitterness kind of came to an end, to a head, though, because his sister became involved with Oliver Farrell, the guy that was uh, making all the rabble-rousing in Icadia. But she also uh, had a relationship with a dwarven hero from the Crimson Peaks. Wow. She got around, so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eternal, eternal youth is kind of popular with men, you know? Um, so... She ditched Oliver Farrell in favor of the Dwarven, uh, the Dwarven hero, and and Oliver Farrell went kind of went crazy, which it kind of had something to do with what he was doing there. And her her um, her fiance was killed during a battle with the orcs and goblins. You know, so that was a personal tragedy. Yeah. But what 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 had gone from there is that she was captured by uh, the Order of the Ebon Hand. Because she was a target of Oliver Farrell, because he started saying that she was the uh, she was the reincarnation of the Ebon Praetor or Tura, uh, the one that had began this whole thing. Mm. So she was captured and unfortunately killed in an ambush uh, because the Order of the Ebon Hand wanted to draw out uh, Oliver Farrell. So her brother has this 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 whole ordeal. His his sister dying after all he's put into it, because he was very protective of her, lost his shit. <laughs> part, part, yeah, pardon my English. And all of his hope for humanity, all of that he was holding back with his powers, no more. So he transformed from an old man to a dragon-like horrific being with tentacles. Mm. Because a planeswalker can be whatever they want to be just by thinking of it. I think I've been that angry before, actually. Yeah, so what he began to do was hasten the fall of the Sarpedian empires by uh, causing more strife between the factions and reveling in the destruction that they had they had caused to him. Uh, so he started doing this to Sarpedia and literally was the reason why all the empires fell so quickly. He just began to just screw everything up on purpose, mm. cause chaos. And he did that to the rest of Dominaria later on. He just got twisted. Okay. So this this is the whole premise of what's going on here. That's the whole story. All right. The whole place went to, went to garbage, uh, and Tevish Sat helped, uh, helped that. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, in regards to Dominaria and, and, and the, the, the plane that it and Sarpedia exists on, when we make our yeah. way back to Dominaria in, in in within the year, what are are we going to expect? Like just a, a blasted land of of a, a blasted a blasted realm, uh, unable to to, to to hold up uh, life. Well, um, Dominaria does recover after a, uh, a several sets afterwards, and hits a hits a uh, high water mark for for centuries upon centuries, uh, probably even a millennia. Okay, and and then other events happen, and then other events happen, 
completely, you know, far into the future. And those actually do contribute to the whole world losing its manas. Oh, wow. But it was kind of fixed with the time rift issue and time spiral. So when we come back, there's going to be a recovery process based on that major event and not necessarily what happened with Urza and Mitra. Because that was already recovered from long ago. Right. Recovered and then and then in decline and then re- recovered again. Right. Okay, very good. All right. Um, okay. Mithril, thank you very much. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And, um, of course, the uh, the visuals as well that we're showing here on, on Twitch. Um, let's jump into some gameplay. Okay. And uh, let's cut over to... Um, cut over to rogue with some yes. uh some basics on deck building <clears throat> yeah now rogue before we jump into that um mithril what uh what do you want to play in in magic the gathering online i kind of i'm you know like the, every time i know these stories i just kind of want to play um momir because like uh, i might run into a card that uh, that might be from sarpedian empires <laughs> Okay. All right. You want to hope maybe maybe like it'd be like a game. If we find a card that that was print reprinted from uh, Empires, like we have to blow a horn or something. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. I'm gonna challenge you right now to uh, Momir event deck for Momir basic. Okay. And uh, let's do skill level just starting out. And uh, and there we go. So so another another gameplay session of Momir, and uh, we're gonna play this while uh, while Rogue gives us some some ideas on how to first how to build our first deck. Now now Rogue, what I'd like you to do first is I, I want you to explain to people currently. All right what the colors are and and essentially what you're getting yourself into when you choose one of those colors and let's let's leave dual decks out of this discussion entirely for this episode maybe next episode we can cover dual decks but for now let's talk about the colors let's talk about what those colors represent and then we'll get into a lot of the other things that that you've already got prepared yeah well as most people have understood when we started out this, we talked about white and black mana, which are actually two out of five, let's call them flavors of magic. It's, uh, let's start with the most popular one, the white one. The white one represents peace, law, structures, self selflessness and equality it is more of the harmony of the group it's the it's the most looked on at big towns just beautiful buildings a lot of them are even very it's, it's very peaceful cards they're most looked on to be more soldierish the uh, colors they are, they are very much, they're very much, uh, oh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, you can see, it's just like a paladin. It's, or it has order and morality at the height of its 
it's color. Right. This, these um, are, now, now this uh, is the the white the the white color you're talking about, right? Yeah, the white one. The white yeah. is actually the most uh, awful of all the colors. It's yeah. the one that just it tries to keep peace. It tries to keep everything good. Right. It's, lots of lots of creatures. Lots of soldiers. Yeah, it's kind of a nice town if you all want to imagine that. Um, there's also a blue one. The blue one represents knowledge, uh, uh, perfection, deliberation, and a lot of spells. It's the one that actually... A lot of people like to play blue because of the var variants of, of spells they have. They have a lot of different types of cancellation either there's removal, like a lot of bounce spells in, in blue right like you know if i if i put down a creature it's going to be more often than not it's going to be a um a spell from the 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 blue side of the color pie that's going to negate the effect of yeah. of that like like a ton of mitigation right yeah it's the one by way barwin you're gonna have to sacrifice that drake if you don't have three mana no uh, there's also a lot of, um, it's the kind of mage look, look like on this one, because it's, it's very powerful if you have certain cards, you have to think a lot when you have blue, so if you like strategies that are very, very, well, hard to look around, have to keep remembering stuff, it's, it is a good one, I've had a lot of fun just making my opponent throw away his cards. Oh yeah, yeah, blue is um as as a guy who likes to um construct mainly out of out of white. Uh for now, okay? I know there's there's probably a lot of um Magic the Gathering players out there who are rolling their eyes like, you know, we have this freaking noob over here. Um and and you would be right. Uh, <laughs> um I I absolutely hate it. When I go against like a like a a blue black control deck, I'm like, oh god! I, there's first of all, there's no way I'm gonna win this one, and second of all, this is gonna be an unbelievably long and frustrating game for me. Yeah, it's it's a very fun way to play. Um, the let's, third color. Let's yeah, let's what? jump into red. What's what's red all about? Oh, the red one. Ah, it's yeah. it represent freedom, emotions, activity, impulsive. And destructive. It uh, it is the kind of um, short-sighted kind of group, but it's a chaotic and fun-loving bunch of people. I kind of like the, the because they have a lot of spells that go. Um, it, it it is like it says. It burns it burns through the mana and the opponent's creatures as well and life. It's it's very fun to just play around and have a look at that one. Uh, red, the power, the color of justice. Just in the chat, someone said. <laughs> and the it, it, it depends. It it depends. It depends. Right. It's uh, a lot of instants, a lot of burn spells. You know, uh, it, that's the, the the red color side of the color pie. That's really like the like the super aggressive. The uh, color of passion. Uh, yes. The good side and the bad side of that. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to green, shall we? Yeah. Green. 
nature, wildlife, connections, spiritual and traditions. It's um, it's a kind of uh, well elven and a lot of elves, you know, elves in that. It the, the fun part is they're very much insects and animals, and it just ramps. It it, it increases the amount of creatures you can get. And uh, it can actually increase life total and creatures at the same time. It has a lot of uh, enchantments that I kind of prefer from this when I play this. <laughs> but it's it is a fun way to play if you really want to play with nature. Right. I really didn't think I should say that. <laughs> can we just? Hold on one second. I want to update folks on on the gameplay going on right now. Yeah. Um. All right. First of all, we're you know uh, Mithril and I are playing Momir from from last episode. You may remember that this dude he he activates Momir and drops Nirkana Cutthroat for two and one black. It's a token creature vampire warrior, and and this freaking thing's got Death Touch written all over its card. It's like a it's like a uh, a planeswalker death touch card. It's a leveling creature. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I can pay three up. to level it up, and like if I do it like three or more times, it gains the final ability. First strike and death touch. Yeah, and its power and toughness are increased. <laughs> All right, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, it's it's a old tradition, uh, kind of. It's uh, they didn't make that much of those, but it, it it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to pay in three each time to level it up, so it's not like it's easy. Yeah, yeah. But um, the last color of the fifth color is actually my favorite because the black color represents uh, power. Self-indensence, death, sacrifice, and inhabited. What? Okay, that's a word I can't even pronounce. It's uh, it's a mono that I kind of enjoy because, uh, well, it's death itself, to be honest. Right. It is selfless. It's powerful. And it kind of makes people paranoid when I play that because they never know what I'm going to draw out. Oh yeah, of course. Like I said, you know, one of the one of the colors I absolutely hate going up against is is black, uh, blue and black. I as a as a guy who who um, who plays constructed in a lot of creatures, blue and black. I, I look at that. And I just roll my eyes. I'm like, shit. This is. I'm I'm probably gonna lose. And and if I if I even if I don't lose, it's gonna be an annoying fight to get to a win. <laughs> and. Um... That is actually all the colors. There's also the last, which is a um, empty color. But I know if, don't know if we're going to touch on that one. Um. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about colorless because I think I think at this point, um, you see a lot of colorless. Yeah. Cards. There are rarely any creature that actually takes colorless unless it is a. Either a artifact, special artifact, or even some Eldrazi's that are the. I think the old one had colors, but the new ones count as colorless. But there's the, one of the titans that actually uses 
eight uh, norm, eight normal mana and two colorless. Uh, they have to be wasteland mana. And uh, there's not actually not much to say about that because there are either spells or, or even creature uh, artifact creatures that are right. colorless. Yeah, I think a yeah. lot of your your colorless uh, creatures they tend to be artifacts and they also tend yeah. to be creatures. You're not going to find like a like a colorless control spell. Like you, you like you know cancel is in the blue color pie. You're not going to find like a cancel that's you know yeah colorless. You're not going to get that. Yeah. Um so so uh let's let's jump back to a, a question here um that someone was asking in the chat room. I think it might have been Cybear. Um What what uh what 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 was the question again? Uh, they were asking Uh oh yeah 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 the, it's the um, what what's the perfect starter deck right. for someone. Right. What do you think? I I mean Generally speaking, people say, you know, green. Mono green is a great way to enter enter magic. Um, but what what would you say? And I know we were talking about this on the stream last night that we had. Um, I've got I've got some you know some information I'd like to you know drop on this one. But what what do you think there, Rogue? Actually, it is. Uh, I'm actually not sure because. It is all up to the person that wants to play. I've seen I've seen people that want to play magic that has taken starter decks that is either uh, just black because they like the, you know, the, the character on the front, or they <laughs> just. I've, I've seen a lot of different things when people start playing magic. Right. But um, like, it just pick. I started with white, and I thought I was cool because that started maybe Tolkien's. Um, after a while, I figured out that it's fun, but I like more red, black, blue, and stuff like that because it's it has more variables. It it's more you don't know what you don't know what to right. Well, after you after you got the uh, you know the the steps down of the game. And yeah. whatnot, you, you you sort of discovered that, which I think every everyone who plays the game sort of walks that path. I, I would say um, one of two things. Number one, um, if you're if you're entering Magic: The Gathering with with another person who who knows either nothing or or or, uh, or very little about the game, um, get one of the uh, get one of the uh, uh, dual decks. Yeah, that you'll find uh, it comes it, it comes pre pre made. It's a pre made deck. You can buy its physical cards. You can also buy them on Magic: The Gathering online, and it's a deck that you don't construct. It's it's uh, it's got enough lands, creatures. Um, it, it usually has a Planeswalker card in there as well, so a little bit of a hero in there for you to to ally yourself with, and um, you know lots of other like you know uh, creature spells and and whatnot in there. And, and and it, it it'll show you how you know uh, the steps of of the game you know from your un from your from your untap upkeep draw main uh, uh, attack blocking you know how to do all the combat stuff all right sorting out damage you know your your uh, your main your second main phase your end step your cleanup step so it's gonna it's gonna help you with with all of with all of that kind of get the Get the uh, the motions down. I would I would say go for something like that. 
Otherwise, if you don't want to do that, um, I would say green has a lot of creatures in there. Um, yeah. That's that's really easy to sort of grasp. And uh, white has a lot of creatures in it too. It's helped me learn the steps and go through the motions as well. So um, just to kind of answer that question, which came from the Twitch chat, I would I would sort of say those that would be a really good way to to start up. I would yeah. I would definitely uh, uh, go with the, the the dual decks for sure because they are. Um, intentionally designed by wizards to uh, be of equal power to the other. Yeah. So not one player would actually have a natural leg up on anybody. It's just what you learn about the game is what makes you strong in that, that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would actually say that if, if someone came to me and asked, if you if I'm, I want to play Magic, what color would you uh, help me with. I was actually said either go with red, green, or white, because those are three colors that I see a lot of new people start with and are satisfied with. Because the the red one is a easy like burn speed. Red white is just like a build up. Green is more or less like they are already on the table. Uh, Nevik764, my first deck was a blue counter spell. Uh, that's a nice deck to start with. Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. <laughs> Alright, um, Rogue, let's, um, as we start to kind of like wind the show down a little bit, I want to ask yeah. you, uh, what are, what are some, some, um, some deck building strategies that you can, you can sort of, uh, talk to the listeners about? Yeah, the first couple of things that uh, if you're new to magic and you want to try it, um, start with casual or standard. It, it's don't go for something like a commander because it's it's kind of uh, there, there are a lot of pros that play that and it can 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 get a bit messy and hectic. Um, also, if you want to start to make your own deck, try to take a theme a card you want to have, like a legendary or planeswalker, find cards that you might uh, see tactics and even strategies that go, oh, this going yeah, very, very good to combine with this one, so if I do that, it has a special connection between them. Try to find as much of those you can find, and don't worry about getting the expensive cards online, just use whatever you got. This, this is a game for having fun, not for just plowing people down in the muck okay but how how should how should someone start creating their own deck i mean these are these are very fine and all that but how should yeah. someone actually start creating a deck you know imagine imagine i i don't know anything about about deck creation or magic the gathering at all and i want to get into it and i need to make my first deck what would you say to a person like that mm, actually just read up on your cards the more you know about your own cards, the more you can use them. Use, use, eh, use them. And uh, it's very... It's just... I enjoy myself just sitting down and reading all my cards and just trying to find combinations and try to find out what to do because... It, well, uh, for, a lot of, for a lot of beginners, they'll read these cards and they're totally lost. Yeah. Just don't... So, so how would like, someone uh, get past that? Um, there are always those little type of pamphlets that comes in every magic 
magic uh, starter set that actually has the instructions. You can actually look out online on a lot of stuff as well. Or even just don't be afraid to ask for help. This is a game where you actually sit down with people and play. I've actually gotten a lot of help from you, the people at uh, different type of uh, either drafts or pre-releases that are very strict rules. I've gotten a lot of help from my opponent of fixing my deck, so never be afraid to ask or look up something. All right. How, how should a, a deck basically be constructed? It's, it is the standard 60 cards in a casual or standard deck. It's the minimum 60 cards, which is uh, the most perfect way to have it. Uh, try not to either put too many lands or too few. Either creatures or spells would be very useful. Uh, but just yeah, try to find some magical kind of uh, uh, ratio between them, because there are a lot of different players that have a lot of different styles. You have to find your own. And that's yeah, and Nevik said that it's 20 lands, 20 creatures, 20 spells, question mark. All right, uh, so, so let's let's backtrack a little bit here, okay? Yeah. Um, what's what's Nevik saying? 20 land, 20 creatures, 20 spells. 30, Neonomot's asking, what about 33% lands? So let's, let's ask ourselves this, okay? Yeah. In a standard 60-card deck, Right, and let's just let's just let's take out the 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 idea of someone going for for your first deck. I would say it's probably a bad idea to go for something super control. Yeah, super like milling your deck and all that. Like, there's there's a lot of advanced strategies here when it comes to Magic the Gathering. If we're going to let's let's avoid that for a minute, and let's yeah. let's talk about creating a deck that's basically. My creatures are hitting you, reducing your life down in the most direct way possible from 20 to 0. What would you say about... So so we're talking like a mono green or a mono yeah. white deck. Your basic building block starter deck, 60 cards constructed. How does one go about essentially like... Walk someone kind of through that that step right there. Uh, to be honest, there are the... You have to think, do I want to attack with this creature or not? Like, choose creatures that are either based for defending, attacking, or blocking. You have to think, will this creature die first or later? Because the all creatures are different, but the the way you have to think about it is, it's ah, oh, I'm losing my mind. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. So let, let me see if I can help you out here a little bit here. Um, yeah. We've got we've got sixty cards, right? How many lands should be yeah. in a sixty card deck? Um, I would say between twenty and twenty. Four, actually, that's that's what All I right. roll with. How many how many creatures should be in a so you, so twenty to twenty four, right? How many creatures? Yeah. Creatures. Um, that's actually if it's a green deck, I would actually say. Uh, I would say eighteen actually. All right. 
Okay, and then the rest sort of fill in between enchantments, right? Spells and artifacts. Right, artifacts, uh, instants, sorceries, those those sort of, right? Those sort of cards? Yeah. Okay, all right, there you go. Um, not, not you know, impossible. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely, definitely something, you know, basically obtainable, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, my, my first, my first deck that, that I put together was very much that way. It was a, a mono white creature deck from, um, Shadows Over Innistrad. And I had put together a, um, a deck that, that ran about 25 lands and it was a, um, it was a, uh, 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 an angel and soldier deck. So I had... So I had a lot of like um, a lot of soldiers that that came out um, during my first like three or four steps, and then four to five, then then like step four and return rather, turn four, five, even six. That's when my angels started coming out. Angels like Sarah Angel and um, and Avison started coming out um, in those in those particular steps. Hey, Varwin, your audio is kind of uh, going a bit in and out, at least on my end. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was my headset. Oh my so, God, I sorry, I, I apologize. That's uh, a lot of the, uh, yeah, that's the, the music in the background. Um, I, I apologize. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just for a moment, it was getting a little tough. <laughs> yeah. And not, not enough to break the stream or, or the podcast, but enough to be like... Kind of people that feel like, huh? Yeah, huh? yeah, the, a little yeah, bit, I'm, you know. Yeah, it. it I'm sorry. <laughs> it it happens. Um, I'll, I'll. Not much I can do about it at the moment, but um, it's okay. We're we're okay now, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Boy, um, just give me a second here. I'm just uh, throwing in some some cards here for for an attack. Um, Mythos yes. got me down to my, my remaining six six health. <laughs> so doing everything I can to survive and then, and then uh, attack back. Yeah, but you said that uh, you started with a white deck. Yeah. And, uh... Um. So so um. So my my I'll, I'll repeat myself. The um my original deck was from Shadows Over Innistrad. It was a mono white deck that yeah. had um a lot of uh, creatures in it. In the beginning part of the deck, when when I was in the beginning, you know, from from like step one to step four, was a lot of uh, creature human soldiers. Okay. Yeah. From step- zooming on that uh, nine nine morph creature, <laughs> he has. And then um, from step four to like five and six, after that. Uh, or I should say, turn four, five, and six is when my my angels started coming out. Angels like Avison and Sarah Angel were were a part of that that deck as well. And and I had about twenty four, twenty five lands in there, and you know a couple of um, uh, sorceries and instants to sort of you know pump up the creatures as well, give them extra health and a little survivability. So yeah. All right. Um, listen. Uh, congratulations, Mithril. You you won uh, our our duel here. <laughs> I don't think I won because I didn't find any uh, Fallen Empires cards. Mm-hmm. I, 
You did very well, though. Um, <laughs> so, so are we? Are we? Sorry to interrupt, but are we? Uh, do you have ability to zoom in on that nine nine morph green creature? You have a request in the chat. Yeah. Oh yeah, crows and colossus. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, six and three green for a nine-nine creature beast with morph. Pretty wild. Yeah, I can guy. sneak him into play as a uh, two-two colors creature, and then if people are just not really figuring out what you're doing, you know, you can kind of like when it's not blown up, you can like turn it over for its morph cost. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's a crows and colossus. <laughs> this guy looks like super ferocious too. <laughs> it's like that swamp thing troll from the from that classic Elder Scrolls idea for the uh, new race for Argonia. Oh man, <laughs> that's um, a swamp thing troll. That certainly is. All right, folks. Well, listen, um, um, Rogue. I wanna I wanna sort of give you the last word here. I know this is uh, you know, y- you've got one or two, maybe like maybe one other thing or two other things that you sort of want to get out. Uh, before we end the show, so I I want to just kind of give you what what's what's uh what's something else that you've got there before we close out. Uh, uh actually, that uh, you 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 actually helped me with the a lot of creatures, <laughs> enchantments, artifacts, and lands, but in different types of spells. Okay. So it's it's actually actually not difficult, uh, not that difficult to make a normal casual deck with sure. sixty cards minimum. Yeah. It's just. You can actually just buy a, a starter pack, uh, which has a lot of land and actually a lot of cards around in your comic book shop or online. And it's fun to just open packs and just see what you get. Absolutely. Try to build. It's, uh, I think that's half the fun of magic is... Oh, yeah. Is getting that stuff. All right, folks. Well, uh, listen, just uh, before we close out, um, we just want to remind everyone that one of our sponsors for the uh, day sh- uh, for tonight's show is uh, Tweaked Audio. All right, tweakedaudio.com. They sell really, really awesome earbuds, uh, very high quality. And for about a $25 to $30 price point, you're going to get um, basically Bose style um, Beats Audio style quality out of these things. They've got like noise cancellation technology in there. Really clear audio coming out of these things. Um, they sound great. And you're going to be paying a fraction of the cost that you would for something like Bose or Beats Audio. The other thing, too, is um, we've got a great product code for you. It's going to help you save about 33% off your order. It's called Off the Record. If you go to tweakedaudio.com, okay, if you plug in that code, at checkout, you'll get 33% off your entire uh, order. Additionally, you're going to save even more money on shipping because they ship to you, no matter where you live in the world, for free. So tweakedaudio.com is, uh, as as we like to say, it's an A-bomb with all upside. It's it's an amazing... uh, it's an amazing deal, and we, we highly recommend you go out to tweakedaudio.com and get your next pair of earbuds there. 33% off, shipped to you for free. Amazing clarity, amazing quality. They ha- they they are very durable, and they've got great noise cancellation technology, so you just jump into your audio and, and just enjoy some nice, rich, quality audio. Great for any podcast or audio book or or what what or any music that you you may be listening to 
Um, also, I want to uh, give a huge, huge, huge thank you to our wonderful, wonderful chat room. It's our third episode, and uh, it's it's 20 to 6 in the morning here on the East Coast. And uh, we've got some really, really nice folks that are hanging out with us here. Ishabu, Cyber, Hansgard, Nevik, Nianamont, the Monkey Legacy. You guys are amazing. Thank you for joining us here. As well as all of our awesome Patreon supporters. And, of course, uh, all of, of Quest Gaming Network. Go to our website, questgamingnetwork.com, to get this and many other podcasts as well, uh, such as QG D&D, Quest Gaming Dungeons & Dragons, as well as uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls. And you can go to our Twitch channel as well, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork, and follow us on our road to partnership Yes, we are. We are trying to get partnered here at twitch.tv slash quest gaming network. We've got amazing streams going on for you pretty much every day of the week. So um, also, if you like this show, we would please ask that you follow us on Twitter at QGMTG, where we take the show and the discussion continues every single day with with different cards. And uh, look, we're we're a casual constructed podcast we're talking about all of the different cards from every single set all the time and we love some of the old vintage stuff too so if you enjoy the show and you want to share with us your favorite vintage card guys we're going to eat that stuff up we love that shit at qgmtg on twitter we hope to see you there uh i'm going to give the last word to my host starting with mithril hey um you know, you can also use your tweaked audio to listen to Yvarwin's life total go down in the uh, MTGO um, <laughs> sound effects very clearly. Uh, and thanks, and, for, uh, thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> I think it's also worth uh, trying to search for um, on the... Um, you know, on the audiobooks, just try to see if you find some Magic the Gathering uh, books on there, too, because, you know, they may exist. I haven't looked myself, but, I mean, I think it'd be nice if someone kind of looked into that and let us know if there's any Magic the Gathering books on there. Yeah, yeah, it's be pretty cool. I, I, I don't know. I I looked on Audible. Um, I didn't see anything uh, on Audible. Yeah, Audible. Yeah, on Audible. But I, I, I do know that there are Magic the Gathering books out there, which, which are pretty badass. Um, Rogue, listen, congratulations. Your 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 first your first podcast as an actual host of Mag- of Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering. You did a fantastic job. Um I'm really, really, really am very proud of, of what you presented today and, and the information that you had. Um your final thoughts. I wish I could have done it better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh come on, man! <laughs> I, I am a bit of a perfectionist. I was like, yeah, well, good. I, I I want to do better. I want to do. I want to be better, do better, and make everyone proud. And, and I you think know I what? think all three of us want to do better. But you know, Absolutely. that's what makes good quality podcast. You yes. know, we might be a little bit shaky here and there, but I think that uh, the overall ability of this podcast will get better as we become more confident in our skills. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. Um, every every episode, this is our third episode, and and every episode, I think, I, I think it has gotten um, uh, not incrementally but exponentially 
better than the previous one. That's just that's just how podcasts go in the uh, in the in the early days, and we're in the early days. We're gonna look back years from now as we're still recording this show. We're gonna look back on these these first few episodes, and we're gonna we're gonna laugh and have a good time and say, "Gee, remember when?" So so don't be uh, don't judge yourself too hard, Rogue. And um, I, I I think I think you've done an amazing job. I really do. And uh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. And 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 next episode, you're going to be exponentially better because you're going to critically look at what you did today and, and you're going to make it better. Um, same thing with Mithril. Thank you, Mithril, so much for, for all the lore. Um, seems like this particular set was a little tough to sort of wrangle in. I really appreciate you, you, you know, diving deep and and uh, and doing the uh, the wrangling on that. And I'm looking forward to uh, to the next set. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Part of that difficulty was me trying to get past the first few uh, paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did just fine. All right, folks. Well, well, listen. Thank you again for um, uh, for tuning in. Okay, enjoy the podcast on QuestGamingNetwork.com or, of course, on iTunes, and we'll be uploading it to uh, to other places as well. Uh, as I always like to say, take care, be safe, and I haven't come out with a tagline yet, so. We- <laughs> I, I thought I thought you had uh, come up with one. Oh, that's it's a work in progress. But uh, in, uh, in well, what about the? Was it the Aether or the Ireland be with you? <laughs> the Ireland be with. You. <laughs> oh, I've always been the shadows. That's right. So uh, we'll we'll see you soon, folks. All right. Have a great night. Thank you.